Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways. And I don't like to lose it anyway. Forecast. My name is Matt. Join me this week is just Wes. Uh, so it's going to be just us two this week. Um, it's finally draft week. So we've made it all the way this far. The draft is coming up this Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, we had the pre-draft presser yesterday from Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule. Some interesting takeaways from that. Um, Wes, welcome. How are you feeling going into this week? Man, I cannot wait. I, it, it feels like it's been the longest lead up to the draft ever. And I'm get I'm guessing it's because we started a podcast <laughs> this yeah, year. We've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, I've always been a, been somebody who's, who's into the mocks, into trying to, to guess it. And, but then when you, when you start turning that into a, a podcast and a group chat that you talk about it every single day and, and, and then come on here weekly and talk about it, it's just like the, the suspense is at an all-time high for me. It'll be nice when I can unsubscribe from Adam Schefter's tweets. <laughs> I'm just going to make it a few more days, and then we can get past that. Uh, hopefully, I'll avoid it during the draft, not to spoil anything. Uh, but before we start today, just to let everybody know, we are doing a, uh, a live draft stream on Twitch this Thursday night. I'm not sure what time we'll start out, but we'll um, put something out this week, either on our Twitter or on Instagram. Um, but just uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, it won't go live. The podcast won't be on any platforms, but we'll uh, we'll tweet out the Twitch link. You can make an account on there, uh, comment, but we'll be on there for a, a good portion of Thursday night during the draft. Um, but back to the draft this week. Uh, yesterday was a press conference from Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule. Uh, some interesting takeaways from that. Uh, one thing to note we found out early is that their draft board originally started with over 1,000 prospects, and they've whittled that down to 165 remaining draft prospects on their board. Uh, and out of those 155, they have 16 first-round grades uh, on the players. So that tells you right now we're probably not going to be trading down. If we do, uh, 16, 15 is probably the floor. I think New England's probably the floor at 15. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, nothing of facts there. Um, Wes, going into this week, tell me who uh, picking there. If we stay at eight, who do you prefer out of everybody at this point after everything we've just sorted through? All right, so I'll start with um, the, the the 16 first-round grades, guys. Uh, we I took a stab at trying to guess who those may be. Um, and I also think 17 to uh, the, the Raiders could be a possibility if somebody's not on their board that that they think is going to go in those top 17 picks. Like, let's say Max not on their board. That means that essentially one of the 16 first-round grades will be there at 17. So that – 
that's something I wanted to add in there. So I took a chance at trying to, or took a stab at trying to um, figure out who those 16 may be. So obviously we've got Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields at quarterback. I think those are the three for sure that they've got first round grades on. Um, people in the know have, have kind of said that they're not super high on Mac and, and Lance. They've had really good look at Mac at senior day or uh, the senior bowl. Um, and they went to Trey's pro day and, from from all accounts, I don't think Trey's an option for us. You, we 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 had the podcast earlier the, earlier this year talking about how we like Trey and the possible fit, but um, the coaching staff doesn't feel the same. Uh, so after quarterback, we've got Pitts. I think he is the best non-quarterback in the draft. And then at tackle, we've got Sewell, Slater, and Darisol. I think those are the three that would be slam dunk first round grades. At corner, we've got Horn and Sertain. I think those are your slam dunk first round grade corners. At receiver, you've got Chase, Waddle, and Smith. Those are your first round receiver grades, slam dunks. Um, and then on defense, you've got Parsons and Pay. Uh, I think defense is a tougher first round grade this year than, than offense, as shown with only having five defensive guys in that 14 there. So that's 14, I think those 14 are probably on the first round grade list. If I had to take a guess um, now to fill in those last two spots, I, I, I put a Mac question mark, Trey question mark. I don't, I'd lean towards not those, but maybe um, the other ones I put were Cosme Jenkins and Farley with question marks. I, if I had to guess, I'd say it's two of those three. Um, and, and Cosme is an interesting one because uh, Baylor and Texas play every year. And, and we know with, rules connection to Baylor he he probably has some insight there and then Farley is an interesting talent but person did did make note in in the athletic article this week I'm not sure if you guys subscribe to that or not but did make note that they're intrigued by Farley but they're concerned about the medicals so that's a that's one of those that it may be a first round grade it may not be and it may be one of those guys that they're like if he slips to two then then you take the risk on the talent so um but back to your original question, uh, ranking, ranking the options at eight. I guess we'll, since I just talked for, <laughs> spouted out for a while, let's, let's get your options first. You can go into the draft with a lot of different viewpoints on it because I don't know how it's going to shake out. I mean, there's going to be, there could be a, a world where Justin Fields is there at eight. There could be a world where Kyle Pitts is there, Sewell, uh, even Jamar Chase. Ideally, if you can take your pick uh, with the eight there, with the moves that we've made this offseason, I'd probably have it Sewell then Pitts, and it's not by – it, I mean, it's razor thin. It's just, you know, do I want them to take care of the left tackle spot? Yes, but also is tackle the deepest? Yes. So um, I think Mel Kuyper came out and said this week that he has Pitts as his number two overall player in this draft, just right behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm fine. I'll be ecstatic. Let's take a second. I'll be ecstatic if it's if it's Kyle Pitts and even if Sewell's there, um, because we can get the tackle, you know, in the second and the third round. And for me, just Kyle Pitts playmaking, what he would do for Sam Darnold, um, if they had the plan in place to where they they want to take uh, tackles in the second or third or fourth and just load up and just put more bodies there. Fine with it. Roll with it. Let's go. Um, Kyle Pitts is a freak. Uh, if you put wide receiver by his name, uh, it makes a lot more sense. You shouldn't look at this guy as just a tight end, just like you shouldn't look at Christian McCaffrey as just a running back because they do so much and how they affect 
the game on every play and, and what you can do with him uh, for your offense. So Sewell and Pitts are, you know, like I said, my 1A, 1B. If, if we get either of those this draft as a win, I'll be extremely happy with it. If we do decide to trade down, uh, then you can look at somebody like Slater, Darisaw, J.C. Horn, all three guys that I would love to have. Um, but it's just all about how the board shakes out. And we'll kind of get an idea when we get to that that five um, range. When the Bengals are on the, on the clock, I think we'll get an idea of how things are going to shake out for us. And, man, it's going to be interesting. Um, a lot of different things out there. So I'm interested to see how it shakes out. Uh, but I know you're, you're big on pits, uh, but you also want to sure up the, the left side of the line as well. So tell me about how our opinions may differ if they do. All right, for me, um, if it's Pitts, you absolutely sprint up to the board and, and you take him and you don't think twice. It's not it's not even close, and I don't think he makes it to us. I'll, I'll clarify that. And that's why um, I – if it's Pitts, you can you – can, left tackle being super deep this year, you can figure it out in round two, three. It, it's Pitts far and away number one option for me, and that's including fields. I've, I've after the trade for for Sam, I am okay with saying Sam. Sam has the option of the, the opportunity to be the guy. Let's get him a weapon. Let's get him Pitts. Um, so it's Pitts, then Fields, because I think one of two things can happen. He becomes if Sam's not your guy, Fitz becomes Fields becomes your guy. Or, I mean, quarterback is a premium. If if Sam balls out and you extend him or, or you've got his fifth-year option, you've got an asset there for a team that is quarterback needy that really liked fields. So that's that's why that's why you take the quarterback there. That's the only reason. That's that's why he gets the edge over Sewell for me. And then Sewell at three. Um, I think if it wasn't such a deep quarterback – or so it wasn't such a deep left tackle draft, it would be a little different. I think it would be Sewell at two. But because of how deep the left tackle draft is, I, I'm going with Sewell at third. Fourth, I'm going to say Chase. I think if he's there, they're going to take him. Um, Person pretty much alluded to that in his article. If the three aforementioned guys are there and Chase is the, the lone top guy remaining, don't be dumb and take, take Chase. Is essentially how it was it was worded in, in the athletic uh, article and person is somebody that I, when he speaks, I'm, I'm 99% sure he's not blowing smoke. Um, I think he speaks from a position of having real insight within the organization. So I, I tend to trust that. Um, and I agree. I think Chase is a, a guy that allows you to not have to resign both DJ and RA next year and, and gives you a lot of options in free agency. Um, by not having to pay them. So after those four, it's trade back. I don't trust anyone else at eight to be the impact guy that's worth eight. I think you can have a list of that second tier of guys like Horn, Darisol, Slater, Sertain, um, and even Waddle possibly as an offensive weapon that you are, you're okay with any one of those five guys and you trade back to 15 just just throwing that number out there because I, I do think uh, that one's possible if, if a, a certain person's on the board. Um, you, you're, you're pretty good with one of those being there. 
Yeah. If uh, if it shakes out where Justin Fields is there at eight, then I think the phone's going to be blowing up. Scott Theater did say yesterday that they have talked to at least five teams about moving down. And can you imagine the nice little haul that we'll get if Justin Fields is there at eight because teams will be willing to pay a premium. Uh, right. It's just going to move back a few picks. And we got Denver right there behind us. They're, they're in need of a quarterback, whether that be you know them possibly taking Teddy off of our hands or uh, trading up to, uh, to swap with us to get their quarterback. Uh, and then also New England could trade up to seven for De- uh, with Detroit. I have seen that floated around. Uh, if they if they think our smoke about Fields is legit, and they want Fields, I, I don't, I don't, I don't rule that one out. I don't think they're going to jump us for Lance, but I think they may trade with us for Lance because Denver could very well take Lance. I think that's where New England probably sits on that. If I had to take a guess, six and seven are are the big trade spots. I think you'll see at least one of those get traded. I don't think they'll both be taking their picks come Thursday night. And, and unless it's, I mean, I think eight could very well be it too. If those guys, if, if, if they really, if they have a guy that they love that makes it to them, they're, they'll stay. And, and then if the, if it shakes out where those top seven don't go the right way and we're looking at Slater or Waddle being the guy or, or Horn, I think, I think we're gone from eight. And Lance, Lance, Lance is feasibly there too at that point. So if if the top guys left on the board are Lance, Horn, Waddle, and Slater, I think we're we're out if there's any offers on the table. Yeah, and, and another thing about that is that I I picked up on this yesterday. I mean, I could just be reading too much into it, but uh, Scott also said that uh, the fall off they had 16 grades on first round prospects, but the next 30 or 40 are is so deep. Um, I think that they would they would honestly like to require uh, another second round pick because it seems like there's a they see a lot of value in that round, um, and that's also where the where the tackle position is is pretty heavy in this draft. So if that's how they're thinking, then you know they could go out and get another second round pick on a possible trade down. Uh, you know maybe acquire a, another second or another third this year, um, kind of shore up the the positions of need. They did say that tackle, corner, and receiver. Uh, they had those three positions rated as their uh, deepest in this draft. So just some things to note, something to keep an eye on uh, of a possibility when looking at potential trade back scenarios um, before Thursday and going into Thursday. Yep. Uh, and, and just out of scenarios to look at, if you, if you go from eight to 15, you could end up with 15, 39 and mid forties as your three picks, as opposed to just eight and 39. So, I mean, if they think those. A second from next year. Yeah, so if they think those three guys that they can get 15, 39, and mid-40s, so, so mid-teens, 39, and mid-40s, if they think they like the, the, the possibility of bringing those three impact players in better than eight and 39, those two impact players, then I, I wouldn't put it past them. I think another thing to keep in mind going into this draft as well is that when uh, from Fitter's entire press conference, his introduction press conference, he did say that his philosophy is to build um, from the lines out. So uh, sure enough, the offensive and defensive line uh, could, could be something just to see if he's tipping his hand as far as what his um, what his mindset is going into this draft. Um, but interesting to know. I, I don't want to get off topic too much, but I just can't help but think that, that this has probably been one of the most enjoyable off seasons that we've had in uh, a few years. Um, a pretty quality one at that. We're not just signing these old guys who are over the hill um, just to, to fill holes. 
Uh, we're actually signing pieces that we can keep here potentially long term, but also young guys with upside. The Hassan Reddick deal, um, really like that. I mean, he's got a chance to come in here with a chip on his shoulder and, and earn a lot of money next year. I mean, he's getting paid, you know, a, a decent amount this year for for guy his position, but he can come in and, and make that long term deal. Um, he's with a familiar face in that role. Um, so just those signings, those signings really, and 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 the Donald trade too. Uh, just going for it and at least providing another option. And if that move pans out the way that we hope it does, I mean, to have a legitimate franchise quarterback in here with a franchise wide receiver, you know, duo, I mean, because, you know, DJ was drafted as that. And he's had back-to-back 1,200-yard yard seasons, and these two guys came out of the same draft. So you're looking at, you know, we came away, came away with two first-round picks, essentially, for, for not much at all. So, if, I mean, if this pans out as if, Sam Donald comes in here and lights it up. Uh, I mean, how how uh, how great does Scott Fitter look? Uh, oh, he looks great. I think he immediately becomes in the conversation for GM of the year if if Sam comes in and performs well and he puts the right pieces and and Hassan Reddick comes in and and earns that four year sixty million dollar deal next year somewhere else because it won't be here. Um, that's the only thing I don't like. That's the only thing I don't love about some of the deals is is the one they're the they're they're great in that they're one year chances, but then they're also like if Hassan comes in and does what we think he can, I mean we lose him because we're not we're not going to pay him that um, unless the cap just goes way up and we somehow miraculously fill all of our other holes. Um, I just don't I don't see it, but I I, I think you're talking about a situation there if if it does happen you, you've got the GM of the year. Um, on, on, on our team. So you think that, I mean, we have what now after the Daquan Jones signing this week. So we signed Daquan Jones, so formerly of the uh, Tennessee Titans defensive tackle. He's a run stopper. So he'll pair, pair well with Derek Brown. We really needed that too. We yeah, run the run stop was, was the, we needed the run stop tackle. We needed the guy that can come in here and, and be as reliable as star was for us. Yep. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the two are, are similar. I haven't watched uh, the quad enough to, to make that comparison or to make any comparison at all, just going off of what people that I trust have said about him last year and how good he was in the run game. Uh, it's nice to have that pairing, which should help free up Derek Brown because he got a lot of double teams last year. Um, but it's really going to be pick your poison on the defensive line in the front seven this year. So I'm interested to see how it shakes out. And the defense is – it was in a terrible place last season, going into last season, going into the draft. Uh, but this year, it's just a complete 180. Now you you have that pleasant upside. So yep. Guys, to really you know you want to you want to see take the next jump. And the scary part is is that a lot of them can take the jump at the same time. 100. percent And I think um, if you can go in the draft and and get a young safety and a young corner to pair with this defense. Um, somewhere in the draft and, and there's a chance that the corner could be a first round guy. I think the earliest of safety would happen would be Richie Grant in the second. Um, I think that could be a possibility. So, but if, if you look at the possibility of pairing some young guys in the back, the back end with, with Chen and with Dante and with the signing of Bouye with that front seven, I think we have potential to be, I mean, we're not talking 2015 Panthers defense, but but we're talking a, t- a, a top 10 defense in the league this year, I think, especially with how good that front seven is. Yeah, 
So we got a lot of a lot of things to be excited about going into the season just hope that it starts to translate. <laughs> I know it's something I, I did notice at least yesterday in that press conference was that Matt Rule didn't look too excited to be there. Uh, it was almost Scott Fitter Terry in the press conference. It looked like they somebody might have told Matt Rule to keep his mouth shut. Uh, that everybody can't seem to get on the same page and people are like just hit their hands. I mean, especially this is a league where you can't have that. Yeah, and that's something I said a few episodes ago. I don't remember how many. It's it's we had rule come in and I think he had a little bit too much to say about the personnel. I think he had too much of a I think that's why Marty got to stay for a year was because Tepper was gonna give Matt a chance to kind of make some personnel decisions and then Marty was just going to do the, the the salary cap thing that the GM does and and he got his guy he got his guy his guy was Teddy <laughs> um, so with that being said I think it's now Matt sit back let me do my work this is this is Scott talking now sit back and let me do my work and then you coach my guys I, I think we're getting a situation where Matt is is not having as much of a say as he's had in the past. And that's probably why he why he had that that look to him, if is if I had to guess. Yeah, and that's how it should be. I mean he you know he had his guys last year and now Tepper's doing the right thing by taking more of a back seat and letting Scott, you know, do his thing. I mean if you listen to um the Roar uh the episode with Bill Bill Bose, um I believe it was last week made the comment that, that Dave's kind of taking more of a step back and, and you know, just he'll, he'll be in meetings. He'll provide, you know, insight and feedback, but he's not going to be, you know, somebody who is, this is what we're going to do and, and you need to go get this done. If yep. that was the case, then Deshaun Watson probably would be here right now and we would have given up, you know, however many future draft picks that it, that it cost. Yep. And, and I think that was a, that happened probably that, 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 that conversation probably happened because of the Deshaun leaks of like, hey, sit back and calm down. And I think part of it is he probably thought he needed to be that because Herney was what Herney was. And now that Scott's there, Herney would have let him do it. Scott's Scott's like, no, that's not how this works. That's not how this game works. You, that's not how we build a team. That's not how organizations are run. Let, like, let's let's have a conversation about this and 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 let's let me do my job. You hired me for a reason. Let me do it. Yeah, and that's how things should have been. I mean, Marty. Uh... The contracts that Marty gave out were, were terrible. They've always been terrible. His you know, his decision making in free agency has not ever been great. Um, you know, he's he's good at evaluating talent in the first round. Outside of the first round, I mean, you don't know. Good luck. Uh, but yes. that's not a problem anymore. I think we <laughs> learned what happens when you keep somebody around for too long. So you know, he's putting pressure and applying pressure. I mean, you're looking at a coach that they gave a seven-year, $70 million deal to. I mean, so, you know, Tepper went and got his guy. You know, he's he's um, he's applying the pressure. You know, the results are, you know, have got to start coming on the field. He's proven that he'll spend the money. He's proven that he's fine with the, the team making risks. We've, we've filled the positions that we need to uh, within the front office. So I, I think that the excuses – and the, and the time to be understanding is, is dwindling down yep. um, because if you look around, I mean, this, this fan base is, is growing more and more impatient. Yep. And, and on that note and, and sort of off topic, but, but kind of on that note, 
does the Teddy decision being Matt's really mainly Matt's call, does that make his seat a little hotter going into this year? You think? No, I don't think so. I think that there were too many people involved in that. There were too many moving pieces. I mean, if you believe what's been reported and, and I do, I, I feel like it's come from enough reliable sources. The case was that, you know, during the last offseason, Matt rolled went into it thinking that he was going to coach Cam Newton. But, you know, would his his personality and Cam's have meshed and worked? I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know 100%. I would have loved to have seen him in Joe Brady's offense and, you know, the, the organization to give him a chance to that he had earned to come back and um, prove himself yet again. Um, I would have liked to have seen that. I think that Somehow, some way, there was talks in the back then where they you know, figured out Teddy was going to become available, and Marty went for it. And Matt had always had that thing in the back of his mind where, hey, if you get to the NFL, this is the guy you want. Go get him. And you know, Joe had the uh, Joe could vouch for him because you know, you know he got to coach Teddy you know, yep. when, he's, when he was with New Orleans. Yep. And and whoever told Matt Rule that, uh, I'm not a fan of you. That's. <laughs> But it's obvious that that it wasn't a fit for the offense, and and you know it wasn't working out. The things that that people tell you that Teddy's good at, and that this is the guy that he does he does these things great. He didn't do those great last year, and so you have to move on at that point. The guy cannot be accurate with six and seven yard passes. What are you going to do? So I mean, you have limitations as is. So you go and make a trade, and you if you know, if they take Justin Fields at eight even after having Sam Darnold, it's not the end of the world. It's a very good player. We are very high on Justin Fields. Um, think he's probably – he is the second-best quarterback in this draft. Yep. Um, so you can still get compensation either if you move Fields later or if it doesn't work out or you think Sam Darnold's best, better. Either way, you can still get uh, a very, very, very high compensation um, package for either of those guys. I mean, the Jets turned down a first-round pick this offseason for Sam Darnold, so that means somebody out there is offering it. So. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, so to completely change the topic, back to kind of how we see this draft shaking out. So we know what one and two are, but – and there's been there's been some talk of what three may be. But I saw a tweet earlier from Mike Silver, NFL Network, um, and he said, I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, but basically I'm not allowed to tip picks because of my job. But if I was going to tip a pick, San Francisco at three traded up for Mac Jones, and it's been Mac Jones the whole time. And unless the pro days change their mind, it's still Mac Jones. But I'm not tipping a pick. Is That's that's paraphrasing there. So um, basically – what he's telling me is that one, two, and, and he said they traded up with the understanding of talking to the Jets and the Jets were going Wilson. So it's, it was always going to be Lawrence Wilson and Mac one, two, three. So with that, the draft really starts at four. I'm reading back through this, through this thread right now. Um, but it's interesting. Basically, it's just saying that it didn't come from any agents or anything like that. Just that it came from high-ranking NFL uh, officials that are actually in NFL organizations. But 
hey, San Francisco, you think Mac Jones is your guy. Kyle Shanahan wants to prove that it's his system, uh, and it's been his system all along. Go for it. Hey, I am thrilled. Don't want to see you with Trey Lance or Justin Fields out there. Um, so, hey, Mac Jones is your guy. Enjoy the DUIs. Get the guy uh, some nice <laughs> help. Uh, put him in a um, an environment that's going to help him succeed and maybe help fix his racism um, as well. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I just don't – I think he's overthinking it. I think he's got some – a little bit of uh, – I think there's some ego involved in that. Like you said, he wants to show it's his system. Uh, I think um, – if he drafts Fields at five years down the line, if they're successful, everyone's going to say it's Fields. If he drafts Lance five years down the line, it's going to say Lance had the upside. Lance became that guy that everyone thought he possibly could be. If he drafts Mac Jones with it, it's it, they drafted this unathletic pocket passer, and he still took him to the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is the greatest coach of all time, blah, 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 blah. So first of all, nobody's going to ever say that because a guy named Bill Belichick still exists, but <laughs> and as much as I despise Bill, hey, I mean, there's not much of an argument against him currently. Um, Funny enough, though, um, yesterday, since you mentioned Bill, that, that sparked something in my mind. It's not about Belichick, but, um, but it's about the Patriots. When the Patriots hired Bill Parcells, um, they, they said if, they're, if, they're, uh, if they want you to cook the meal, they ought to let you shop for the groceries. And somebody mentioned that yesterday in Matt Rule's press conference, which brought me back to my point a few minutes ago about him kind of being out of the process now. Uh, it's just interesting to, uh, just how, how involved coaches try to be uh, when they're not the decision makers and not the GMs. I get, he, I get Kyle Shanahan and every coach has guys that they want to coach and they have input and they should have input. But at the end of the day, the general manager's ass is on the line to put the players on the field and for the coach to coach them. Um, yep. And they should work well together. And everybody shouldn't agree on anything because you, know, you should have disagreements because that's where um, you know, that's where common ground is found. So, you know, it, it's healthy. It's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jones with the 49ers, hey, you think he's a huge upgrade over Garoppolo? You want to try to recoup value for Garoppolo? Go, go ahead. Um, but I, I just don't see how this really moves the needle that much further and they move their ceiling at all if they pick Mac Jones. It doesn't. It, it, it gives them the same team with a – you may might can argue that Mac's a little better than Jimmy, uh, maybe. Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun and uh, Mahomes. Yeah. And what, what really upsets me about that too is then it gives the Falcons the chance to choose between fields and pits. And it's just like I don't want to play against either one of them for the next however many years, and it gives them the chance to choose between the two. Give me right now. It is Saturday. We're recording this on Saturday, April 24th at 530 in the afternoon. Yep. Uh, give me how in your mind the first seven picks go um, Thursday night. All right. Uh, obviously, we, we, we've discussed one through three, Lawrence, Wilson, and Mac. Um, I think because of the few, I think because of the contract restructure, it's pits at four. I, I, there was a little bit of smoke about them trading back, but I think with everything, um, I think with all the hype around fits, I think they'd get too much. Um, 
think they would be worried about too much fan base uh, fallback. I, I've seen a lot of Falcons fans pretty much already uh, calling Pitts their next tight end. So it's tough. I mean, that that gives them Hayden Hurst and uh, Pitts with, with that know, receiving. With I mean, God, I mean, you basically what they're saying is like we know Matt's washed, but we're giving him everything. We know we're giving up 30, 30 points a night, so we better damn well score twenty eight. Right, exactly, and and I mean it is a a back end heavy defensive draft. I think not necessarily front end where they're at. Um, so I, I get it, and they also do, like I said, know that Matt is washed, um, but they still have to pay him thirty thousand, thirty mil for the next three years. So, um, what what can they do? That's that's the only reason I'm I'm going with that. I'm just using a little common sense and saying why choose field, why why pick Fields when when Matt's got that money left at five. I think they're going to go with um, they're going to go with their quarterback. I think they're going to take Chase. I just hope and pray they can get a second round guy. And the only reason I'm saying that is because there is some second round depth that tackle that they can hope and pray will protect Burrow's knee. I mean, yeah, you saw that picture from the uh, the uniform release the other day. How big that scar is on his knee. Oh yeah. Um, so then we get to six. Miami, I think. At that point, they start fielding some calls because their guy was probably Pitts. So I think they try and see what they can get, and likely it ends up being Denver scared that they're going to get hopped at seven or eight coming up for a quarterback at six, and Justin Fields goes six. That's that's I just see that I see Denver when we get to six and seven, when we get to six and they're both still there. Denver, Denver is going to start getting a little scared. If Fields is their guy above Lance, I think they do it. So that is that's not a situation I've seen mocked anywhere. I'm just trying to in my head work through this right right here, right now. So six Denver trades up to get Fields. So then seven, they don't have a receiver in Detroit. So I think it's they would love for Chase to fall, um, but I think it's Waddle because the the trades already happened. Nobody's trying to to hop us for Lance. So seven Waddle. I mean, what does what does Detroit realistically need? Like, I mean, everything. Looking at it, I mean, just receiver. Obviously, they have Tyrell Williams. I think he, him and, and Quintez Cephas, and then they don't have a number one receiver. They've got they've got a, a a receiver room full of number three guys. Because Jones showed this offseason. Yeah, they let Marvin and and um, Galladay. 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 They didn't even tender the. Went to Jacksonville. That's where he went. Yep. Um, so then it gets to us at eight, and Sewell falls in our lap. Five, if it's not, and so the other situation, let, let's let's walk back to five. Okay. So Pitts is off the board at, at four. Five, they go Sewell. Six, Miami takes Chase. They don't trade out. Seven, there's a trade. seven, there's they either they either take Waddle. Or there's a quarterback trade because Fields is there in front of us, so it's either Denver hopping up or Waddle. So we'll, for all intents and purposes, we'll go. 
Denver hops us because they think the field smoke is real, that we'll take fields if he makes it to us. Take fields at seven. So we're sitting there at eight with our worst nightmare situation. I would say because that's our that's our seven guy, that's our top seven on the board, in my opinion. Gone. So you're sitting there with Slater, Horn, Darisaw, and Sertain as probably your top four left on the board. That's when that's when you trade back. That's when somebody that's when somebody calls you. The problem is the trade back's not gonna be quite so good because Denver's no longer sitting there at nine. But then you, so, you're hoping for um you're hoping for New England because that's probably about as far as you're you're willing to go. And yep. as you said, like you said, Vegas, I mean John Gruden has all the power in the world out there with the money they owe him. So and he he's never been afraid to take that risk. So I mean, maybe he can ship Derek Carr somewhere else. But um So yeah, with that. I think of the guys on the board that could be in our of uh, uh, could be an option at eight. I think Sewell is the most likely. Fields is the next most likely, and then probably Chase being the third most likely, and Pitts being one of the least likely guys, um, because I think he's gone at four. Or he's gone at six. I think if he's at six, the Dolphins are sprinting to the board and they're not trading out. I don't know if there's a world where Pitts makes it to us. No, because even if he's even if it gets to seven, I think there's I think Jerry's on the phone with Detroit. What do you want? Yeah, I mean, I I, I hate that. I, I now I'm working through it in my mind. I just I don't I don't really see a realistic scenario where Kyle Pitts makes it to us unless Atlanta either is the team that takes Sewell and moves into, you know, the left tackle, the right tackle. I, I Honestly, I'll admittedly admit that I don't know um, anything really about Atlanta's offensive line other than that it's been terrible for years. But there, there could be a trade-up for quarterback at four. Atlanta could just say, fuck it, we're taking Pitts. Uh, or they could take an offensive lineman. I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning towards the, them just to saying, let's go Pitts and let's just score 50. Yeah, with, with the things he could do, and you got him and Julio on the field at the same time. I just him, Julio, Ridley, Hurst. I mean, and and Matt is accurate. I'll give him that. He's an accurate passer. Um, that's about all he's got going for him. But at this point, it's crazy. Offense isn't a problem. I mean, I'll yeah. say that. I mean, they they have the ability to score points. They they always have. But I just is what he is. He's gonna he's gonna throw you you know twenty interceptions. Yep. And I just, I'm, I'm, he's accurate. Uh, yeah. He's accurate to a point. He will throw the interceptions, but my, I just don't see them for whatever reason. I was really on the, the Atlanta will trade back train and I, you have seen nothing, nothing mentioned about it for weeks. So I just think that tells me they've got their guy. They know who they're taking. Um, and I think they're not going to overthink it. They're going to take the best non quarterback in the draft. I'll give you this scenario then. No, there's no trades. No trades. It's Sewell. No trades. We end up with Sewell. Uh, I'd agree. I will say there's not going to be no trades. Somewhere between five and seven, but somewhere between five and eight, if, even if it's us, no there's going to be there's going to be one trade. I think the Sewell, for whatever reason, 
people getting high on Slater has dropped Sewell's stack, stock. Um, from and, and, and that's because I think people think they can get Slater 10, 11, 12, and they don't have to trade up for um, – and so if those guys, five, six, seven, decide that they're not taking a tackle, I think Slater just falls in their lap. And I'm like, okay, thank you for our left tackle for the next 10 years. I'm not going to be mad. It's not a, you know, it's not a sexy pick, but how no. can you hate getting the best tackle in this draft at number eight? Well, and I don't think it's the best tackle just in this draft. I think it's the best tackle in several – in the last several drafts, personally. Slater, Slater's fine, um, but to me, yes, he blocked Chase Young one time, one game. Um, outside of the, the 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 tape against Young, I've and again I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm not an offensive line guy. Um, I didn't. That's not where my passion lies in, in evaluating football players. Um, but I was still not impressed with his his tape, and like, and then so. I was talking about with somebody and they were like, but his deliver his his athletic measurables at, at his pro day were just off the charts. It's like, if, if you think I care about the athletic measurables of a left tackle, you are wrong. Watch him run. Go back and watch the tape with him running the 40-yard test. And and if Sewell is just an absolute monster, and he is a left tackle. To me, when you talk about Slater's um versatility is the word I've 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 heard around Slater and it's like I don't want a versatile left tackle I want a left tackle I don't want a versus a tackle a left tackle who could play guard if he needed to or could play right tackle no I no, want they're not, they're not great enough they're not exactly ex- exactly but you're not you're not great and and that's that is to me the biggest red, red flag surrounding Slater is when they start throwing the word versatile around that tells me is he is not a cornerstone left tackle for a franchise for the next 10 years he's good don't get me wrong he is good I do not think he is Slater good. I think Slater is a Slater. I mean, he's not as good as Slater. I think Sewell is the home run left tackle, like can't miss. So. I agree. Um, anything of note yesterday else um, that uh, Joe Person put out? Any, any other things that we haven't mentioned? All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some of the athletic stuff. Um, I'll also mention if you guys are really into um, Panthers content or really any sports content, I enjoy my athletic subscription. So we're not paid by the athletic to say that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> if they want to, they can go right ahead. I'll be the biggest biggest athletic supporter around. But Yes, yes. Athletic, uh, uh, go ahead and sponsor the pod. Um, but Person goes on to talk about in his latest article that quarterback is an option um, and he – pretty much blatantly states it's Fields. If Fields is there at eight, then they'll think about it. Um, I'm not – that could be trying to drive up the price for a trade. Who knows? They may be – I don't think it is. I think they're genuinely – it's like if Fields makes it to us, you take him and then you then you figure out what to do next year with Darnold and Fields. And they did mention in the press conference, if they take a quarterback, they have a plan for that fifth-year option. So intrigued to see what what that could be if, if that's the case. Um, if their guys aren't there, they've got enough first round grades. If they've got the, if the guy, if they think that there's enough equal talent there at eight, they'll trade back. So, so be, be ready for that. And, and they'll gain assets back from trading back. Um, the person goes on to talk about how the draft sets up really well for the Panthers. Uh, tackle is 
arguably the deep, deepest position in the draft, and that's our biggest position of need. Um, there's guys that can be day one starters that are falling down into round three in the mock. Uh, Brady Christensen is the one that I've notably, notably have, if I, for whatever reason, didn't get to take a tackle in rounds one or two, that's the guy I've been snagging in mocks. So um, on top of that, uh, the, the defensive secondary is, is rather deep as you get later into rounds two. Um, like second round, Richie Grant, a name you've heard us talk about multiple times. Um, I would not be surprised to see him be the guy in the second round, or if we uh, obtain an, an extra second round pick by trading back um, a name that, that, that is mentioned. Um, so that is something he talked about. He also mentioned that Caleb Farley is, is pretty, is an intriguing name um, that they're, that the Panthers are intrigued by him, but they're concerned about the medical. So I'm not sure what that means as far as where they have Farley on their boards. I'm not sure if that means he would be in, he's in their top, their first round grades, or if that means he's one of those that, that falls in that, that second tier that they would like to take with an extra pick. If they can, can take that because you are taking a risk on his injuries. Um, and then the last thing that he mentioned in this article was in the past, Scott has, has kind of had rules around corners when in, Seattle, they, they drafted it, they drafted and signed particular types of corners. Um, but then this year, or in defensive backs as a whole, they had to have, they had to be guys that, that, that were pressed, the guys that had long enough arms. Um, and they wouldn't take a guy who didn't have 32 inch long arms or longer. Um, well, they signed two guys this year that, that didn't in Bouye and uh, Melvin. So that is not a, restriction anymore for Scott that was a Seattle restriction that was not related to Scott so those are the things of note in that article and then I will say the athletic staff as a whole did a mock and the mock was the Panthers and Patriots trading eight for 15 with some other tertiary picks they didn't go into that they're just mocking this year's first they didn't and the Pats take Trey Lance and the Panthers take JC Horn at 15. You're fine with that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Horn. So then you turn around and you you probably got another second. So then with after Horn, you draft someone like Leatherwood or Jenkins if he falls into the second at 39. And then with the Patriots second round pick that you're probably getting, you turn around and take Richie Grant. You have okay. sure you have shirt up your defense. You don't have to spend anything else on defense. You have your tackle. And then in the fourth, you would probably turn around and try to get the fastest slot receiver left on the board to uh, to be your kick returner slot guy. That that'd be my guess. Be a, a lot of a lot of a lot of good guys in the fourth round, fifth round there at receiver. A name that I, and and I hate I hate UNC Chapel Hill. I'm gonna go ahead and start by saying that. But Diami Diami really if if he, I think he's gonna go in the third, but if he falls to the fourth, give me Diami. That, that that position is just stacked this year, um, going into the draft. And corner, um, if they don't take JT, if they don't take a corner in the first round, you're probably looking at maybe um, Aaron Robinson as a name to keep an eye on there in the third. Uh, at Central Florida, a name I've I've watched and and looked at a lot is Ambry Thomas. After opting out, I didn't know much about him until I started mocking, but he was a guy that was projected to be a top 45 pick until opting out and he's falling to like late third, early fourth type of guy now. 
So he's got not interviewing well. I mean that that's got a lot to do with these guys like overthink things. But yeah. You, so, I don't get how you go from a forty-five, you know, top forty-five prospect to that. But it's not your play that's, um, you know, made you fall because the film hasn't changed. And what, what's crazy about that is unless you're those elite guys, I think I've seen a lot of in, in mocks, like anybody that opted out, they're, they're like a whole round later. And so that's that just blows my mind is the tape's the same. What, nothing changes about the player. It, like you said, it's he's got the same skill set. So I, I personally am going to be looking for and hoping that we can figure out some – some guys like that to in those later rounds that that are that become steals. Yeah, this is a, a thing where I think where Scott and uh, the scouting department is really going to be beneficial because you know, he was their director of scouting uh, when he was in Seattle, uh, so he, he he knows what goes into it, the college scouting. He knows uh, the questions asked in the interviews. Uh, Matt Rule's big on meeting with guys, having that face to face interaction. Uh, I know that Kyle Pitts is basically his love child. He's watched too many of the interactions with him through this year, um, and just how much that they talk. And just anytime uh, Matt Rule has anything to say about Kyle Pitts, he'll talk about uh, you know he'll reference multiple times about him being the first guy they ever offered scholarship to. Um, just a bunch of stuff there, so uh, things to keep in mind. But and I'll say it again: if if the pick is Kyle Pitts, first of all, I'm buying a jersey night one as soon as they go on sale. Um, because I I will be ecstatic. I Kyle Pitts he immediately becomes a top he immediately becomes he immediately becomes a top five tight end in the league in my opinion in this system with with this team with this with I think with Sam at quarterback um, I mean I I will be so excited if the pick is Kyle Pitts but I just don't think he makes it. Real if that happens Thursday night, be excited. Yeah, Sam, if Sam Darnold's going to have a hell of a year. Yeah, just tune it, tune in, tune in to our live feed on Thursday night just to see how I react if the pick is Sam Fields, but Sam Fields, uh, the Sam Fields. If the pick is Kyle Pitts, I where the hell did I get Sam Fields? Sam Fields, Sam Darnold, and Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Yes, we talked about a lot of stuff. This is this shows you how much shit we've we've been focusing on as far as as, as draft stuff goes uh, it's i mock every single day every single day multiple times a day i think we've covered pretty much everything that's been out there every piece of news that that's been out there um, on these prospects and watch if you end up being with like the guy who i've watched 15 minutes of film on this year probably the, the least the guy i've watched the least other than jamar just because i don't think i never saw a scenario where, where we would take uh, Jamar Chase, but you walk away with the best wide receiver in this class and pair him with Robbie and, and DJ. I mean, Jesus. I watched Jamar's film for, for our, re, for our, our, the guys that we could think that could come to eight. I had the receiver, I had Pitts and Field and Chase. And I mean, I love the film. I just never saw a scenario where he makes it to us. Uh, Miami, I think. Oh God, if it's Pitts, if Pitts and Chase or their six. Then I think I think it goes I think it goes Pitts six Chase seven because yeah. I think they don't have a receiver in Detroit. I don't think either of them make it to us. So then we're left back with Sewell. Again, 
all things aside, I think the most likely of that for that top seven group to make it to eight is Sewell, but it's not guaranteed. And that's only because I think the Bengals may be the only team that wants a tackle. Justin Fields. So you talk yourself into a scenario where Justin Fields is likely player to be there. Right. Then and, and and that could be the case if nobody hops us at seven. Like the the because the scenario I lined out is Denver hops us to take Fields at seven. That same scenario happens and Denver decides we're good with Fields or Lance. Then Detroit takes Waddle because Chase just went at five. Um then then Fields falls in our lap because Detroit doesn't need a quarterback. They're paying Goff way too much money. So Fields falls in our lap, and I think he's the pick there with Fields, Slater. Fields and Slater probably being your top two left on the board. Or somebody's on your phone offering you next year's first and this year's first and a second for Fields, and you say, add in one more pick, and you got a deal. Yeah, I need I need you to overpay. I need that scene. I don't know if anybody's seen the Kevin Costner NFL movie Draft Day. Um, if if you haven't, it, it's kind of cheesy and corny at times, but it's you know it's Kevin Costner. It's a sports movie, so it's pretty entertaining. Chadwick Boseman's in it, but um, there's a, there's a scene where it's you know at the end where he just has to basically somebody has he has to get more in return than he gave up. But I just want to see that scenario unfold for once for us because we've always. We've never been on the receiving end of a, of a trade where we want, you know, it's like a no-brainer and we've, we've got somebody to overpay. So it would be nice to at least do that. I, still it, that. I would still like for us to jump Minnesota if we did trade back just because of the J.C. Horn thing because I think that's probably his floor. But, um, yeah, if we end up with, like, you know, some future first-round picks and second-round picks and J.C. Horn in the first round, then that's a win, uh, a big win for us. What we need is for Sertain to, to keep falling and – and neither one to go in the top four, 13, 14. Um, and, and for him, if we do trade back to 15, we need Minnesota to be there to, to have the, their pick between the two and, and pick wrong. They're going to go defense one way or the other. Um, yeah, they'll probably take a quarterback somewhere in the second or third round range too, because Kirk Cousins is about to have a huge number on his contract. So they're not going to pay him what his shortest contract says because he's not that good. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm sure I'll have a couple more headaches before now and Thursday. Um, anytime my phone goes off and I see uh, Adam Schefter tweet, I just think that, God, we've, we've done something. I'm, I'm excited, man. And I think Panthers fans should be, I think, yeah, you should be. There, we've got we've got a competent GM at the at the helm. Um, I think with this draft class and that GM, you you should be excited about the class of players that are about to come in. Yeah, this is this is a turning point. This franchise. I mean, it was fun. You know, a few years ago, five six years ago, I, I remember I was in the stands at the maybe the NFC Championship game. Um, but it's my my friend made a comment and said that you know this is a, a generation of Panthers fans like you know being being born like yeah you have you know the, the older generation who was there when the team came here you know played the first season at Clemson you know and, and built up the foundation but then you know 
that's why you see such emotions and such outcry uh, of how the Cam thing went down and how you know the time period of 2010 to 2020 went because that's where so many more people got invested in the franchise um, after seeing you know some down years and and dealing with the the letdown you know at the back end of Jake's career. I, I think now this is another moment as well where you know that that fan base can get get energized again. The guys who who had bought in and and during that you know 2013 you know 2015 you know those runs. I think that this is another chance to, to grow the fan base even more and to bring them back together. And if this turns out you know, the, the way that we hope it does, then you know, we're set up and we're already a, ahead of you know, the rebuilding curve, you know, just by the simple, just by the Donald trade. Um, so it, it's an exciting time to be a Panthers fan. It's an exciting time you know, to, to, to put effort into caring about the direction of this franchise. Um, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, um, there'll be a lot of a lot of uh, fired people, <laughs> a lot of pissed off fans, uh, a, a lot of a pissed off owner because there's wasted money. Uh, but I don't think that that's the direction this is going to go. Can I, smart. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Um, I hope to God that the Sam Darnold trade takes us out of the the. Uh, the Howl sweepstakes next year. <laughs> I know Corey's not going to like this comment, but yeah, Sam, Sam, is not, I'm not the biggest guy in the world who's going to be like, you know what? Give me the quarterback who's five foot ten, uh, not overly athletic. Um, I had to get, I, I had to get that the comment in. I, hey, I gave, I gave Diami his his props earlier, but I had to get my anti Carolina comment in too. But I think Howell's going to get exposed this year. I really do. I think he's going to drop on everyone's board. I, he's losing his weapons. Wes, I don't know if you've heard, but the Mag is back. Oh, God. I've been hearing that for the last couple of seasons, and I've yet to see anything. So just to let you know. I, with how their season started last year, it was, it was hilarious to see Carolina's fan, Carolina fans' thoughts on all that about, what, five or six games into the season, and then at the end when they were when they start 6-0, 7-0. and Yeah, yeah. 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 And then they lost that Florida State game when Florida State is just god awful. Awful. Yep. I think they had one win at that time. It might have beat them the week before by like thirty. Yeah, and then they they beat Carolina. <laughs> I mean, somebody, somebody, tell me how Sam Howe is any better than Garrett King. Um, I mean, I he, yeah. All right, we can we can end the 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 Carolina football slander now, I guess. Yeah, just I'm just saying we all are in agreement on this that um, next year's quarterback class is uh, significantly worse. Than, yep. Uh, than this and year. so, if if nothing else, I think the Sam move takes us out of that and at least pushes it out a year because we we didn't suck enough to get our number one guy this year. Uh, yeah, because we need we needed that Washington win for the culture. Yep. So I think if we're sitting at three. It, without that Washington win, this conversation is going very differently. Sam trades never made, and they're taking they're taking a quarterback there. Yeah, Justin Fields is the guy. Yep, I think so. We, and we who knows we could have got the second pick. Um, I don't know how things would have shaped out. I don't know if you. I, don't know. I think it. I think if the, without the Washington win, we we end up at three. Yeah, we take Justin Fields. In a story. I think even at two, we take Fields. I don't think we were ever would have been the Wilson pick personally. Hey, you know, he wasn't named a captain on his football team this year. 
Well, is that the character concerned or not? Uh, at, uh, not to the media, but apparently uh, there are other things to, to be concerned about with Justin Fields' character. I've yet to see him. Well, other than working through epilepsy to uh, become a, an elite quarterback. But, I mean, I guess some people see that as a, a character flaw. Getting academic scholarship offers from Yale and Duke, you know, he's a, he's a terrible kid. It's just wild to me. And, I mean, it's as obvious as can be that Mac Jones is – and nobody said anything about Mac Jones' character, but, I mean, he's got a blackface picture out there and two DUIs. But Justin Fields has character concerns. Take a look in the mirror, people. Like, seriously. Best of love, talent evaluators. The paid ones at that. Oh my God! I Dan Orlovsky. Uh, I mean, he just you know, he exposed himself. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he said Fields was a. He he throws with his. He's an elbow thrower. I think is what he said about Fields. Said that he uh coming from the guy who ran out of the back of the end zone and tried to throw a pass during the game. And then another another one that, that got me was did you see I don't know if you you know JT O'Sullivan, the quarterback guy on, on YouTube. Did you see his his top five or top six list? Yeah, it was like Zach Wilson was number one. It was Lawrence and then I think it was Lawrence and then Wilson, wasn't it? I I don't remember. But he had he had field he had fields at like five. It was it was Lawrence Wilson. Lance Mack Fields and he might have even I, for some reason he might have tra- Kyle Trask. He had Mond and Trask on the list, and for some reason I want to say he had one of them above Fields. And I was like, "Come on, dude, come on!" I think a lot of receivers just put stuff out. It's the Colin Cowher effect. You know, you say outlandish shit just so you can get a reaction and you can get the press. <laughs> And I, and, gone more and more that way here lately. And, and I like those Sullivan's co- content too. Like he, he's a really good person to watch on, on quarterback evaluations. And I watched some of when, when we were doing our or, earlier things, he was one of the guys that I watched their stuff. And then his top rankings came out. I'm like, come on, dude, you had better things to say about that, about fields than that. Come on. All about them likes, all about them, them views. All right. Before we turn this, before we somehow get into how Cam was mistreated because I feel like that's where we're headed. That's what that, that's where everything heads. Like we're, I can I can see that becoming the next segue that we get into here. So before we get into that, um, Corey for for sending that video. <laughs> yeah, was, we were we were all in the group chat last night, and Corey sent sent a video late at night of just Cam highlights from from Prime Cam, and I'm like, God, we got to record tomorrow, Corey. I'm gonna start talking about Cam during the recording now because I've just watched his highlight videos. <laughs> but um just a reminder that this week's episode we will not be putting out on or this episode will be going on the podcast obviously because you're listening to it um but thursday night at around 7 30 somewhere in that time frame we're gonna go live right before the draft on twitch it will be 704 cast on twitch uh just like all of our other social platforms create an account sometime this week and then you can come in and watch us talk live about the picks. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything. I think Twitch is also on kind of a slight, like, five or ten second delay probably anyway. Um, so we want you guys to hop in the Twitch, chat it up with us. Let's talk about picks. We're going to react through picks one until the Panthers pick. And then after the Panthers pick, we'll talk about what we think about the pick. So 
just hop in the chat, come watch us live. Um, and as of now, we will not be uploading that as a podcast next week. So just just the live. Yeah, make an account, talk with us through it, um, grab you a beer. Uh, we'll probably be on all the way through at least the Panthers pick uh, initially thereafter just to get some feedback and give our feedback on what we think of, of, of what just happened. Uh, but that'll be a good good way to interact with us. We'll post the link out there on our socials uh, and also on some Panthers forums or you know some places that we're active. I know we're active now on Reddit. We're active on uh, me and Corey are on uh, the huddle, uh, Carolina huddle, for those not familiar. We're also, well, we're not on it, but I'm a Roaring Riot member, and Corey, I believe, still is as well. Um, shout, shout out to the Panthers Reddit, man. You guys love to argue. <laughs> yeah. We've got some listeners over there. Uh, I, I, I know we have at least one because he, he likes our cam. He likes our cam discussions, so. Um, too many people, man. Yeah, so I know F one fifty Twitter is not gonna love us at all. So that's, that's basically all of Facebook. We're not on Facebook and it's for an obvious reason. But I was in the, uh, the I was in the press conference thread watching that yesterday, and God, dude, some of those people. I don't know if they think this is still the nineteen early nineteen nineties. Terry Bradshaw's playing football. Like, what's going on? But man, it is just a wasteland. Of I saw I saw a Facebook um, picture comment, and not to get off on another tangent here, but um, it was somebody who did a mock, and they offered all of our picks this year to Jacksonville, every single one for number one. Trolling. And, and he took Mac with it. <laughs> and that guy said, "That guy said, yes, best decision in franchise history. Got finally got the right guy." And it's like, man, okay, so I, okay, but I was sarcastic. But I, the thing is, the thing is, I don't think he was because he looked like the epitome of F-150 Twitter, like the selfie, like the dude, like the 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 45 year old white male with sunglasses and a hat. In his little bio down there. Yeah, it, he just looked like F-150 Twitter. Don't tread on me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He probably had um, Trump 2020 somewhere on his on his profile and Trump lost a long time ago. So, yeah, he still hasn't taken it down yet. <laughs> stop the steal oh gosh but yes he, 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 I, I wanted people were like he has to be trolling right and I wanted to think he was trolling but just looking at his profile picture it's like man I don't think he was I think he was dead serious but that shows you I mean it shows you how out of touch some of these fans I should say fans the, the people that are not spending money on actually going to games or you know, putting money into the, you know, the team they're sitting on their couch you know being uh, water cooler GMs. Yeah, and they, I mean, they got their Panther shirt at Walmart when they were getting their groceries and they just saw it in the, the little kiosk over on the side. That's it. They'll go get the little, the little $9.99, you know, sweatshop made Panthers jersey, uh, the generic version. It's, um, it's interesting out there. So, Facebook, yeah, um, we are, we're not there. And probably <laughs> won't, we'll never be there. Uh, no parts of that twitter twitter is, is my forte and yours as well and Corey's head on the instagram stuff uh yeah anyways back to topic so twitch um thursday come shoot the shit with us um like i said probably 7 30 will be live um but interact with us anything you guys wanted to talk about email us 704cast at gmail.com uh try to do a mailbag eventually um but yeah, it should be fun. Should be a couple hours. 
come come by tell your friends we'll, we'll have a we'll, we'll have a few drinks flowing so, so you guys do the same and, and get the questions coming yeah i know there'll probably be a few draft parties at least on zoom was a big thing last year um so why not why not get a little bit more uh feedback from people that are not your average you know content creators that go for the hot takes the financial insights so i think that does it for me Wes. Uh, anything you got you know anything you want to close with that's all just just share with your friends let's keep growing we're, we're growing uh more and more views or more and more listens every week uh subscribe rate review and just interact with us on social we we want to we want to really be able to have that interaction with you guys and and that that will make us better and allow for us to bring you guys the content you want to hear yeah feedback's always welcome whether it's you know, negative positive doesn't matter you can tell us our takes are terrible i don't care just fine with me <laughs> i mean you know i hope we're at least entertaining for you you might disagree with everything we got to say you might be the guy who wants you know Slater at eight or mac jones at eight you might be the guy that that, that decided to trade up for mac jones at number one but if you're a listener we don't care roll tide <laughs> actually no uh, if you're that guy we don't want you listening to our podcast <laughs> If I see you at Bank of America, feel free. If you see my face, feel free. To- oh, yeah. If it's on site, go right ahead. I'll, I'll fight back. <laughs> this is just fine. Um, but, yeah, so it should be a good time Thursday night. Uh, some drinks going, some feedback. Um, excited to see who the Panthers pick and for this process to be over with and move on to uh, training camp. So that does it for all for this week. Um, so we'll be live. Look for the tweet. Uh, we'll put it out. Um, we'll put it in our Instagram bio and it'll be on, like I said, we'll post it on the huddle and some other places as well. So, um, until Thursday, uh, you guys have a good week and, uh, we're out. Later.